Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Joe DeRosa here, and you're listening to Weird Medicine. If you ever get lost in a corn maze, just follow your ears. (laughs) Why aren't windows good liars? Because you can see right through them. Sometimes people ask me if I speak lizard. I don't, but Iguana learns someday. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent to Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who gives me street cred. The wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And Tacey will be here momentarily. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. Or if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. 
That's 347. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DRScottWM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse, practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, acupuncturist, yoga master, whatever. Good Lord, that list is too long. Tacey gets mad if I read the whole thing. <laughs> Somebody um, texted to me on the voicemail line that the list at the end of the show has gotten so long that it's half the show and it's like nobody listens that long Mm -hmm. who listens to that when they hear the music they just click okay next one one would think so but there is some ridiculous stuff going on in the the, uh, shout outs at the end of the show Um, please check out stuff.drsteve.com stuff.drsteve.com for all of your uh, online shopping needs and uh, if you will check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, that would be a good thing. And uh, I, Cameo is still a thing. And if you want me to do Cletus or Myrtle, I'll do that. Or I'll just say fluids and secretions to your to your mother. <laughs> we did that at Mother's Day. A bunch of people <laughs> wanted me to do cameos where I just said fluid to their to their mother. <laughs> That's you guys are weird, but I they're cheap. I just like doing it. So it's uh, I've done like a hundred of them, and I think I made I don't know. I, we worked it out. Beck and I worked out. I told him how much I'm total I've made. And how many I did, and it was like $6 a, a thing. So I'm not doing it for the money, if you know what I mean. It's, I'll make it fun if you want me to. And uh, check out Tacy's uh, Patreon. And uh, t- it is Tacy and me. And we are doing um, the Patreon uh, Weird Medicine Special Edition, where Tacy just gives me hell, and we answer questions that are exclusive to Patreon listeners. But we also have another show called The Exam Room on there, and that is exclusive to Patreon, where we have celebrities come on and ask ask me questions. That's kind of fun. And we did have Dr. Caldera, a.k.a. Joe DeRosa, uh, the owner of uh, Joey Rose's Sandwich Shop in Manhattan, and one of my favorite people. And if you want to see how surprising that is, check out the first time we ever encountered each other by going to YouTube and... Uh, search for uh, Joe DeRosa versus Dr. Steve or whatever. And I didn't really do anything that funny that day, but uh, what I did do is turn the room against him, and he finally just gave up. And uh, it was quite quite funny, and I was sitting in the library on the cancer floor when that, ha- when that went down. And if you're ever wondering what... Uh, well, I, I guess I could play some of this, couldn't I? Um why not? Mm. I mean, it's not. It's not like it's. I'm going to get a copyright strike. Um, let me. I could dissect it a little bit before everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off. yeah okay, <laughs> go fuck yourself, Doctor Scott. Um, let me see, Doctor Steve versus Joe DeRosa. Oh, it comes up right there. Oh, no. my God. oh. <laughs> okay, it's like the first thing. Okay, so what happened was <laughs> Joe was on the show and he kept saying something i can't remember what it was 
but he was talking, it was some societal concept. And he kept saying it over and over again. I was just screwing around. And I quoted him saying this, and then I just cut it off, and I went, we heard you, in all capital letters, right? And just tweeted it out. Well, apparently, Anthony saw it, or probably Sam Roberts, because he likes to stir up shit, saw it and showed it to Joe, and he was like, get him on the phone. He wanted to give me a good old grilling, right? And uh, so I called in, and while I was on hold, I heard this thing that they were doing about um, Col- um, uh, Roland Campos, and it was it was this bit that one of the interns did called Don't Get the Panda Angry, and it was going, Don't Get the Panda Angry! Because if you don't know that, you won't understand what I said at the beginning. But I heard that while I was on hold, okay, and I was trying to that. think of things that I could say because I knew he was getting ready to shit on me, right? So mm-hmm. I'll just play like a little Steve. bit of this. He's on the phone. Oh! Steve. Yeah, you know what? But excuse me, Doctor Steve. Well, <laughs> Doctor. You can hear Joe laughing. Like, oh boy, I'm really gonna get this guy. Yes. Hi. Hello. Um, well, uh, there seems to be a little bit of a, a problem <laughs> between you and Joe DeRosa. And Did girl you? Girl laugh, DeRosa. Okay. So, so the first thing I said was, "Old girl laugh, DeRosa," because he has a high pitched laugh, and I wanted to make the first blow if I could, because I knew after that I was going to get cut to ribbons. Oh, oh shit! So, anyway. Well, uh, there seems to be a little bit of a, a problem <laughs> between you. You can hear me going, "Oh, jeez," <laughs> and Joe DeRosa. And Did girl you? laugh, DeRosa. Oh, oh shit! You know what, Steve? Listen. First of all, I want you to shut your dumb Joe prescription writing face. DeRosa, angry. <laughs> oh, Oh, shit. Oh, big boy's got a podcast now. He thinks he's one of us. (laughs) Okay. At that time, I had a show on Sirius XM, but I I didn't have enough wherewithal to point that out to him. Also, one of the jokes that I had that I didn't use was Joe was on a show, I think, uh, I was going to ask him, hey, what was that HBO show you were on, Joe? I remember seeing you on that. It was called Bored to Tears, and I was going to say, and I didn't want to sound like stuttering John telling the jokes I was going to say, but I thought this one was pretty good. And uh, I was going to say, oh, no, I didn't mean your audience. I meant, you know, the show you were on. And, you know, anyway, so (laughs) it sounded better in my head. Anyway, so, yeah, check that out if you want to. Now that the rest of it is pretty self-explanatory, but that beginning part is difficult to understand. Please check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, simplyherbals.net. Anything going on over there, Dr. Scott? Yeah, just same the same old just uh, mostly nasal sprays. Yeah, lots, lots of lots of nasal sprays. Well, tis the season. Oh my gosh, it's been awful. There. <laughs> yeah, this has Terrible. been a bad one. You know, I was saying that it's this has been the most beautiful spring I've ever seen here. Yeah. Um, but the side part of that is that you know with a beautiful spring, I guess comes extra pollen. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's awful. Yeah. I have never seen this bad. Well, and it's, I think uh, also we had. Um, a really warm winter, yeah, and that doesn't kill a bunch of stuff, and so more stuff is still alive. Yep. Plus, if it was damp, 
which it was. Which it was, yeah. Then you've got more mold and just shit floating around. So yeah, you know, and it looks like too. It it just it just seems like we had such a wonderful you know wet spring and everything's growing so robustly. It it's is. Like it continues to yeah. to to grow and create more pollen, which I think we lost a lot of last year. Remember, we had that late that late frost, and it almost killed some of my trees. And this yeah. year, they've doubled in size. It's just crazy. Yeah. He says that as Rosie sniffs his crotch. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. well-trained. She's a, she's well trained. Rosie and Ralphie are here. Rosie, I don't know if we'll get them on baby. camera. She's a good baby. I don't know if you can see Ralphie. What's he doing? He's Ralphie's not such a good watching baby. watching Tacey drink. Rosie's a good baby. <laughs> I remember when we a long time ago we had Ozzy when we had Ozzy and he would lay in the corner and he he was such a big dog his his respirations were so loud and I remember we would ask him his opinion and I would just turn his mic on and he'd (laughs) 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 he was a good one wasn't he he was a good all right very good Um, all right Dr. Scott you got some stories for us. Yeah, you know, we keep hearing about this monkeypox. Okay. So I thought we'd talk about that for just we a moment. We do need to talk about monkeypox. Yeah, because it's something we haven't really covered. Here comes another, another you know. Pandemic. It's another not. Pandemic. And it's not. Number yeah. one, it's, it's not. not. But well, anyway, go ahead. Well, I, and I think that's that, that's what a lot of people have been asking me, and, and uh, they've been asking you too. And the bottom line is, is the monkeypox has been around for a long time. Yep. You know, similar to the coronavirus. Um it's probably the, been around for a long time. It was first discovered in 1970 yeah. in humans. Yeah, yeah. That was that, the first time it was, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, but they just hypothesized it's been around for years. And they, yeah, and they say it's in the same family as the smallpox. Yep. Um, but they were just talking about a couple things to remember. This is not COVID. It is not spread like COVID. It's, it's with, with the monkeypox, it has to be almost skin-to-skin contact and, and over a long period of time. It's, it's not like smallpox, which yeah. was very contagious, and it's not right, or, like chickenpox, like, which like, is also very contagious. Or not like COVID, which, you know, you can it's be like, in the same room but with it. But, um, yeah, it has to be typically up up close, skin contact for, for a longer for, period of time. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, because it's not it, – it doesn't like living in humans. It will live in humans. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. probably with monkeys, they're – Spreading it all over the place. It might be. I don't know Strutting what the, stuff. I don't know what the contagion number for <laughs> monkeypox is in monkeys, but it's very low for humans. Yeah. And yeah, they. Uh, it was first um, uh, first identified in Zaire, and then when a nine-year-old boy developed a smallpox-like illness, and they had thought at that point that smallpox was nearly eradicated, but so they were still running around trying to catch smallpox cases and this one was different and it was confirmed as human monkeypox and uh, then they had uh, similar cases in 1970 and 71 in uh, Liberia, Nigeria and Sierra Leone and it was uh, when it was first identified it was limited to the rainforests of Central and Western Africa and then 2003 we saw cases in Western Hemisphere of course we're a global economy and uh, people are moving around a lot more mobile now than they used to be. And in uh, 2003, there were a lot of people identified in the Midwestern United States who developed fever, rash, and these respiratory symptoms and lymphadenopathy, which means enlarged lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were exposed to pet prairie dogs, and the prairie dogs were infected with monkeypox. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So we could call it prairie dog pox 
But, um, <laughs> yeah, most of the confirmed cases were from direct contact or exposure to ill prairie dogs. And they the prairie dogs were had profuse nasal discharge and ocular discharge. So they had stuff coming out of their nose and their eyes, and they were breathing fast. So if you ever see a prairie dog that's snotting and looks like it's crying mm-hmm. and it's breathing, stay away from you're it. You're probably too close anyway. Don't help it. Right. Yeah. If you can see that, yeah. you're too you're, you're, freaking close. You're too close. close anyway. It's true. <laughs> Very well said. Oh, my God. So other rodents can, can carry it as well. Mm-hmm. But then humans can just get it and, you know, pass it from person to person. But that's harder to do. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a regular pox-type virus. Um, you know, it makes pustules, and then they burst, and you, you know, it's they ulcerate and stuff like that. So the current outbreak is evolving. There was one case of monkeypox in each of the following U.S. states as of May 25th, which is today when we're recording that. That's California, Florida, Massachusetts, New York State, Utah, and Washington State. And uh, so we'll we'll just have to keep an eye on that. But mortality rates range from 1% to 10% in Africa, but there have been no fatalities in the United States in the 2003 outbreak, so we don't expect any. We've gotten a little bit better at treating stuff like this, so we'll just see. Uh, If you had the smallpox vaccine, you're good. It's felt to uh, to be cross-reactive. If you get monkeypox, it'll be milder, and you may be protected from getting it. Um, Well, that's pretty cool. So, Are you supposed to? Do most people have the smallpox? Well, they vaccine? stopped doing it after they eradicated it. Well, let me see. When was that's a great question, Tacey. Of no, course Tace. it is. Tacey, you and I might be in trouble. Vaccine He's probably okay. Dis- discontinued. <laughs> let me see. Back in the good old days when Doctor Steve was young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. It was successfully. Okay. Smallpox vaccine was stopped in 1972 after the disease was oh, eradicated man. in the United States. So if, I missed it. Yeah, Tacey would have missed it. So anybody born before 1972 probably got Me. smallpox vaccine. But you know, much. I'm already seeing on Facebook, I'm going to refuse that jab too. <laughs> okay. I'm already seeing, and I've seen that not just once or twice, but about 20 times. Yeah, this isn't smallpox. I don't think they're going to ask for uh, vaccination for this one. Well, but if I know smallpox people who aren't going to take it anyway. Well, okay, fine then. But if if smallpox was still a thing, they would all be lining up to get it. If they, if people had seen what I saw, I mean, and my grandmother saw, when you would have ten kids because you'd hope that three of them would survive because these fucking viruses yep. and bacteria and yep. stuff, uh, tetanus, uh, rabies. I mean, come on. Now, I wonder how many people who don't want to get these jabs, maybe just they don't want to get it because it's new. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I Believe it or not, I do understand people's reticence on that. But w- are they cool if they got bit by a rabid bat? Would they get vaccinated for that? So they're not against all vaccines. They're just against new vaccines. Well, there were people back in the day that were against uh, influenza vaccines, against all of the vaccines that have really made our lives better and there were people at that time that were against those as well still people today a subset of people don't want to get the measles vaccine even though measles kills one kid out of a thousand that it infects Mm -hmm. and uh, killed one of my friends in kindergarten because we didn't have measles vaccine back then so 
you know, anyway. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't blame them. Right now, I wouldn't recommend people run out and get a smallpox vaccine for <laughs> monkeypox. It's just, you know, know your partner if you're going to be having close, intimate contact with somebody. All right? Mm-hmm. Good one, Scott. Oh, yeah. What else you got? Well, interestingly, especially right... I'm glad, in, you know what, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even think about talking about monkeypox today. And it's like, no, no, people are talking about this. I'm an idiot when it comes to coming up with topics for no. this show that are topical. Yeah, certainly current, very current, yep. which yep. is cool. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up. Yeah, but, you know, th- no, this is right down your, right down your um, lane there, Dr. Steve. Okay. First human patient is injected with revolutionary cancer-killing virus after a successful test on animals. Show it can shrink colon, lung, breast, ovarian, and pancreatic tumors. Wow. So this uh, is a viral oncolytic therapy. It's, Tell it's, me more about it. It's an oncolytic virus. Um, it's called Vaccinia. Vaccinia. Um, it's been specifically gen- genetically you engineered. Know, Vaccinia has in- been around for a long time. Uh, Vaccinia. But I mean, yeah. it, I mean, it's it's a known virus, so they must have engineered okay, it. In some okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that's. A, I guess that's what it is. Um, but what they what they've seen is that. Um, it can help prime the uh, patient's immune system to uh, not only attack um, certain types of uh, cancers, but also to increase immune um, response. So um, it's, they've just, they're genetically engineering it to fight certain cancers. Interesting. Well, yeah. I, Imugene Limited, I guess, is the company that's a, they're, they, they specialize in novel treatments for yeah. immunotherapies. Well, Vaccinia is a well-known, well-studied virus that belongs to the pox virus family so it's topical in that regard okay and it's got a big giant linear double-stranded dna in it so it's kind of easy to mess around with its uh, genetic makeup okay so i'd like to know more about this because number one you don't want this virus getting out of the patient Mm -hmm. so they have to uh, decrease it genetically modify it to decrease its virulence because we don't want i am legend to happen you know because <laughs> no. no, no, that no. was a cancer vaccine if you remember emma thompson at the beginning it was a great uh sort of red herring that you've got emma thompson in this movie at the beginning you're like oh this is she's going to be in the movie the whole time she was literally in it for a minute oh, talking about how she spoiler everybody the movie came out 20 years ago um <laughs> how she had developed a vaccine for cancer and the next thing you know it's the you know the next scene is just zombies running around wild and one guy is is, uh, uh, was not affected but uh, it was a pretty good movie the book was better i'm going to tell you that Hmm. but uh the movie had kind of a hopeful ending whereas in the book spoiler the book came out 50 years ago they, he met with the vampires. They were more sort of vampires in, in, that, in, that, in the book. And he met with them, and they said they were terrified of him. Hmm. That was the thing. They were coming after him because they were scared of him, because he was different than they were, which was pretty interesting. Hmm. You know, he could walk in the sun, and they couldn't and all that stuff. But anyway, yeah, check that out. That's it's cool. a good book. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the vaccinia virus. So oncolytic therapy is a big deal. Eventually, we will be uh, taking people's own cells out and training them to do this. But right now, what they're using these viruses for is to attack certain cells and then signaling mm-hmm. that these cells need to be destroyed. And then the the uh, immune system comes and does it. So 
uh, on our website at drsteve.com, if you click on the link that says pseudoscience, non-pseudoscience cancer cures, there's a story that I had about multiple myeloma being treated with measles vaccine. So measles vaccine is a live attenuated virus, and they genetically engineered it to um, uh, accept uh, radioactive iodine not for therapeutic purposes, but for tagging purposes. So they gave this person six million doses of of measles vaccine. And they got kind of ill, but when they got over it, they um, injected this person, if I remember this correctly, with a low dose of radioactive iodine. And then those uh, measles viruses should have made receptors on the surface of the cells to pick up that radioactive iodine. And when they scanned these people, the um, measles vaccine lit up the multiple myeloma. Multiple myeloma, for people that don't know, is a, a cancer of the bone, and it's called multiple because it's everywhere. And uh, it infects lots of bones and causes painful tumors and stuff like that. So it lit these cancer, uh, cancerous tumors in the bones up when they scanned them, and then within about a month all the cancer was gone now this is a very limited trial they just did this as a proof of concept kind of thing but it was amazing hmm. so uh, i knew back then that was I, that probably came out 10 15 years ago that they would start to commercialize this and i'm quite sure that this study was d- funded by someone that wants to make a billion dollars off of this and if if it works god bless them i <laughs> you know right. Uh, because I've always said these kinds of treatments probably wouldn't help me, but they would help my kids and the, my grandchildren. This kind of stuff, it's, if they're this close to doing a clinical trial, if it's a phase one trial and it works, uh, we'll be in phase three trials in no time, and then it'll hit the market in a year or two. Mm-hmm. So it might help us after all. Yeah, I believe they're in phase one ki- clinical trials. Yeah, so this was a yeah. phase one clinical trial. Yeah. So remember, everybody, that phase one clinical trials are um, – proof of concept you give it to maybe 40 people just to make sure you're not killing them and then you could do a little bit of efficacy see if it works kind of stuff but it you there's not large enough numbers to see rare side effects or to make any uh big claims about how effective it is then you do a phase two with maybe 300 people to look for safety and then you do a phase three with 30 you know 3,000 to 30,000 people to look for rare adverse effects and to lock in the uh, effectiveness of this treatment compared to a placebo and then when when, if you can show statistically significant benefit and it's safe then the fda will let you put it on the market and then you do phase four study which is post-marketing when you've got millions of people and that's when you'll pick up really really rare adverse effects Mm -hmm. you know the one in a million kind of stuff so that's very exciting pretty cool stuff yep cancer cells often have impaired viral defenses because they're just shitty cells that shouldn't even be there and that makes them susceptible to being infected by these uh, viruses Mm -hmm. and the viruses can be engineered to give them some advantageous properties and it could be decreasing their ability to infect healthy cells and granting them the ability to deliver therapeutic payloads even to these tumors so it's not just making the immune system you know if you could 
engineer a virus to only go to cancer cell and then you could put an, a couple atoms of radioactive radium in, inside there and let it deliver that, that would be cool. Yeah. So you'd be getting radiotherapy to these cells and it's only killing the cancer cells. It's, that's a pretty neat thing. Mm. It's like a smart bomb. Mm. All right. That's crazy good. Yeah, it is good. All right, very exciting. Well done, Dr. Scott. Thank you, sir. All right, do we have any questions in the waiting room? None yet. Okay, that's well, fine. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a couple phone calls. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Tacey, you got any uh, questions for you? Oh, we should talk about, before we take questions, do you want to talk about what you went through today? Well, I, I went through some <clears throat> vaginal rejuvenation. Excellent. I don't really um, know how to talk about it intelligently because... Well, first of all, not intelligent. Yes, you are. Second, Stop secondly, that. though, Boo. I went through, uh, I underwent two procedures, and one was like a a bullet that you put in your vagina, and it kind of sends radio frequencies. Okay. And so, I, I could feel the places in my vaginal wall that were weak. Really. Yes. So, um, because that's the only place that it hurt, hmm. but it's got like metal plates on either side all around it. Yeah. And, um, it feels like it's opening and closing, but it's not, it's just sending out radio. Frequencies. Right, right, right. might be causing some spasm of the muscles. Yeah. And then you can increase it on your own time. Really? You had control over you it? You have control over it. So when Can you lift your mic up just a little bit? I want to hear this. There when, you go. Yeah, well, that's beautiful. Thank you're you. are the only one. <laughs> when, when, um, no, this is interesting. <laughs> what you good. had was a thing called Votiva. Yes. And I'll talk about what it is. In, in, I, I want to hear your experience with so, it. So, yeah, it, it doesn't hurt. I mean, you start off at zero, and you increase it by yourself, and they put you in a room alone. And then you increase it by two degrees every time do they insert it or did you insert it she inserted it for me um it also had it had some numbing cream on it for the next procedure i underwent okay because i was going to say if they just put numbing cream on it and stick it in there that's not going to do anything no no that's so. like what dr scott and i had our urethral Ugh. sounding Ugh. and they put <laughs> put gel on there just to make themselves feel better no no do anything for us it was numbing cream for the next procedure okay good i like that not for that one because you don't need it for the the first procedure okay since you're in control over it now if 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 you put that at a high radio frequency if you put that in you would definitely need numbing cream but i don't think numbing cream would necessarily help with that um, yeah. Because I remember the last time I had it done, I coughed and it shot out, <laughs> and I put it back in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, yeah. What else would you Things do? Things are it? loose down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I coughed and it, I sh it shot out, and I put it back in, and I didn't know that. There are people that make a living doing that. And kind I thought of stuff, I was going to come up. They use ping pong balls. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought I was going <laughs> to come up off the table. Yeah. Because it hurt so bad because the plates were not in the same place Oh, because okay. you so see so you can rotate it if you, if you want to so you should you mean with the with the controls which is no just with the bullet i mean just with your hand oh, okay i was sort of imagining like a video game controller yes and the second thing um was called 
Morpheus, okay. I believe. And I, I don't want to speak out of turn, so I'm not a representative of no, the no, company. No, no, I'm no. only a yeah, patient. We want to know your experience, and I'll talk My a little bit about what the machine was, is. Um, it has, it has li- little needles that come in and out. Micro needles, yeah. Yes, and I don't know how deep they go, but you can definitely see them because I saw them <laughs> push it before it went in, and I was, it freaked me out a little bit. Ooh. And also radio frequency at the same time. Yeah. So... Um, and what's the purpose of all of this? To t- to get better bladder control. Okay. Yeah. To well, to just rejuvenate the vagina, but better bladder control. Excellent. I think a lot of people do it so that it will look better. Although I really don't spend much time looking at it, so I don't care that much. No, I don't know what who it looks does like. look at it. Even if you're down there doing stuff, you're not looking around. I think some people do, and I, and I don't think it's in the 20s range. I think it's the 50 and 60-year-old women who are dating younger men. Excellent. Who get concerned about the way that it looks. Okay. And um, the pictures that I saw when I went to the talk about it were phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, and I did it, the training on it. It was pretty outstanding. It's three, this, three again, treatments. Again, this is not an advertisement. This yeah, is, this is definitely this not is an advertisement. I'm very I mean, interested in your experience, though. I just feel like it, it didn't hurt. Of course, I had numbing cream in for 30 minutes because I did the first procedure for about half an hour. Yeah. And then the second one took about as long. But she just rotates it in a clockwise um, fashion. and um, So this one, you've got the person in the person room. is in yeah. the room with you and Can we get some she... music for this please <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry oh god what, what's wrong with what's me? wrong with you yeah that, please, a little I help from music. david there's a little help from my brother david and david. see push, she pushes she pushes a pedal and the That's radio hot. frequency happens and the needles come out and come back in and it doesn't feel that way at all um but so it's fast it, it's very fast and i mean there were a few uncomfortable moments but not in the way that you would think. Yeah. But of course, I had numbing cream in for half an hour right. at least before they did the procedure. Let me ask you something. If you didn't know me and you came in and I did this procedure on you, would you be uncomfortable with? I mean, would you think that I was. Well, considering the type of doctor you are, yes, I would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> true, true. Oh, I went but, to this hospice doctor, and he put, no, I, I get that. But however, I, I, there are male physicians who do it. If you went to a plastic surgeon, yeah, I mean, then you you would expect that. You would have to give real real informed consent on this one oh, yeah. to say this is what the procedure is. Because if you just start sticking this thing in and going in and out and in and out with it and going all over the place, because they go all over the place too, right? Well, I have the inf- it all over the place on the outside. It was a yeah. little tender on the outside. I would say so. Um, well, I have the informed consent right with me, and I have page 12 that I signed. Okay. So. Um, well, nobody reads those, though, but I'm just saying you would have to tell people, hey, this yes. is what we're going to do. Because if you just started doing it without giving that informed consent of the patient, you would be in trouble really quick, I think. But I, um, you know, so this thing uses high, um, high frequency radio energy to stimulate blood, uh, blood um, supply. You know, increase blood supply. We call it angiogenesis to those walls, and. 
the the purpose from what i understand is to avoid having surgery Mm -hmm. if you've got stress incontinence Mm -hmm. so if you've got a woman that's had a couple of babies and maybe their estrogen levels aren't as high as they used to be and the the bladder wall which the bottom of the bladder is the top of the vagina is starting to thin they will often get uh, some laxity in that wall, mm-hmm. and you can end up getting overflow, or you have difficulty emptying your bladder, or you may get incontinent when you sneeze, or you lift something, and those kinds of things. And we talked about that a couple, last show or the show before. Yeah, I could feel it when it was up against my, like when I say up against, yeah, I mean near my bladder area, yeah, um, because I felt like I needed to urinate. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'll be very interested to hear the, your results with this and see yes. if you notice a difference. It's not like you're – I don't want anybody to get the impression that my wife is just pissing everywhere because that's not, no. not the case. But uh, she's uh, texting, so she's not listening. Our son has lost his wallet. Uh-oh. Mm. Do we need to go help him? Um, he's freaking out about it. He's okay. Just do you te- want to go help him? Um, well, uh, I mean, we can stop. I can, I can stop recording. I, let's finish this little segment and then I'll go. Okay. And so um, just text to him. I'm talking about my vagina. I'll be right down. That's always a good thing. I'm just going to say, say I'll to be your 19 right year old. Down. We need to put one of those Apple Find It things in his freaking wallet because this is not the first time. So um, anyway, it was very interesting. It wasn't as painful as I thought, and I'm very anxious to see the results. And no, I yeah. do not pee on myself all the time. Right, right, right. Thank you. But the majority of women my age, if you ask them if they've had children, when they laugh or if they cough, what happens? Or yeah. if they're exercising, what happens? Or hmm. or how many times they go to the bathroom at night? I know with our new fancy mattress, you don't wake up every time, but it's about six or seven for me. Is that right? Oh, jeez. Yes. That's way too I much. I had no idea. That's way too much. So no, it, we have this highfalutin mattress, and I mean, it's one of those where if you put a wine glass on it, the person could jump on the other side. Mm-hmm. And that uh, was it was more money than I wanted to spend, but we got a really good deal on it. But it was the best purchase we ever made. It really was. And I, but I had no idea you were getting up that often. I and don't know how you how you get any rest. Well, she's you retired. Get, you get used uh, to she it, sleeps and all then day. I take a nap. Fair enough. <laughs> she okay. sleeps all day. But <laughs> enough about me. All right. And I'm going Thank to go you. help my son find. Yeah. His, please let me know, and then if you come back, you can tell his us his wallet. Okay. And um, I'm just going to take your mic. I'm sorry, everyone. Probably in his dirty. <laughs> You're fine. Blue jeans. Hey, yeah, talk it'll like, be in his car. Talk like a hit. Kick's got a question. Is okay. this uh, is it advice for someone with vaginal tissue, thin vaginal tissues, and estrogen cream? Um, I don't know. No, wait. What's the question? Was it was is it, it is that procedure recommended for someone with thin vaginal um, wall? Yeah, that's what it's for. Okay, that's what I thought. But so, if you have atrophic vaginitis, you got to talk to them because yeah. depending on how thin you are. People who have prolapses. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, Tacey is saying that uh, they are recommending it for people with uh, cystoceles, which is a really low um, uh, blooping, for want of a better medical term blooping down of the bladder wall into the top wall of the vagina or into yeah. the vagina itself so 
But you need to go to somebody that knows what the hell they're doing yeah. Yeah. and talk to them about the risk benefits and alternatives. That's, again, not an advertisement. I just thought that was fascinating what she went through. And I've trained on this machine, but mm-hmm. she's the first person that I know that's actually done it. Yeah. How so. many needles they do Oh, they God. Use? It's, uh, the head has a matrix of needles in it. You know, you, you, you'd think it kind of plumps up that... that thin wall and maybe cause a little scarring underneath well, too yeah helps rebuild a little bit of the not the supposed fascia. to scar i mean but i mean a t- micro micro scars yeah, yeah yeah just to just to kind of pump things causes up causes some inflammation yeah. and uh blood uh you know capillary yep. production yep. and uh increase in tissue production and it starts mm-hmm. up um, kind of wakes it back up yeah so. starts up uh uh, you know, tissue regeneration. Yeah, so, healing process, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. That's cool. Good stuff. All right, good deal. Um, let's see. Okay, this person wants to know, do you know anything about glutathione as a supplement? I take it. You do? Okay, yeah. well, let's listen to this. I don't say that I don't know anything about it. Well, let's uh, let's listen to this one then and see what he's got. What he's got. Hang on. Here we go. Hey, Dr. Steve. Uh, I had somebody suggest glutathione to me as a supplement. Can you help me understand what it is and what does it do? And would it be a good supplement to incorporate into it? Yeah, you know, the thing is, what do you want to accomplish? That's I always ask people about that. If You know, is, is vitamin D good for you? And it's like, well, what do you, what do you want to treat? Do you want to prevent rickets? Well, <laughs> vitamin D is freaking great. Do you want to prevent cancer? Maybe not. Right. There's not evidence for that yet. So, but you take glutathione. So, what are you taking it for? Yeah, I do. Well, they say it's it's supposed to help with free radicals and, and inflammation, and I take it because I can't take NSAIDs okay. for my inflammation, my gout, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they, but evidently, glutathione is made up of a couple small um, amino acids that can help, maybe possibly help fight radi- um, free radicals, maybe helping fight. Um, against inflammatory diseases. My concern about about free radicals is this. Free radicals are this quote-unquote toxin in the body that um, uh, are very reactive. And what the concern is that free radicals running around in your body can cause cancer. Mm -hmm. So the people started taking antioxidants that's what those are for is to get is to sort of mop up free radicals the problem is that our immune system uses free radicals to kill stuff okay that, that's my concern about it right. and there were a couple of studies where people were taking antioxidant medications that actually if they were still smoking that actually increased the risk of of cancer yeah. so uh I'm, I'm always leery when i hear things about mopping up free radicals mm-hmm. because white blood cells actually generate those to kill things you know when they envelop other cells or bacteria well how are they going to kill them well they you know they generate an area a gradient of free radicals in some cases mm-hmm. and uh, that's what kills the bacteria mm-hmm. so those could be good if you you know if you wiped all that up then maybe that would be a bad thing uh, that's theoretical okay so according to this thing i'm looking at is glutathione helps reduce oxidative stress just the way you said by either stimulating or reducing the body's immunologic response well which one is it does it stimulate or reduce it so i again i'm a little 
uh, concerned about that. Autoimmune diseases attack mitochondrion-specific cells, and glutathione supposedly works to protect cell mitochondria by eliminating free radicals. And again, that's my concern about it. So if, if there was a specific reason that you were going to take glutathione, I'd be all in. I don't know what the data is. And I've, I'm not finding great data either way that it's either bad for you or good for you. I just can't find uh, any studies right now that show me either way. So I've got a, a an article here, and it's just it's a big article, but it's in PubMed about s- oxidative stress on the brain. Yeah, especially following Ooh. head injuries, um, CTEs, okay. P- PTSD, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, and and I will I will I'll dig in a little deeper before next week. Maybe we can, maybe we can talk about it then. Okay, if you want to do that, I'm um, I'm trying to get to the end of it right now, just to see if there's um. Yeah, there's just a, not a, enough scientific <clears throat> evidence that I'm aware of. Right. And if anybody out there has a good double-blind placebo-controlled study with an endpoint that we're interested in, I would be happy to look at it, and Scott and I will look at that. Yeah. Leave us a note, and maybe we'll we'll do that as a story next time. See if we great. Can find yeah, because it might, it might be beneficial. It might, it might not be. So, Yeah, I we'll just... Check it. We'll look it up. You know, I've seen glutathione given... IV for things like uh, atherosclerosis and diabetes and things like that, and uh, for side effects of chemotherapy. Hmm. But um, that's those are really specific mm-hmm. uses that I still are off label. I mean, they're as far as I know, they're investigational. So well, we have to be really careful with during patients undergoing chemotherapy, giving them things to keep you know down the oxidative stressors and the um, yep. and the um, the you know, we don't give any any herbs that are going to help to uh, stop the process of the chemotherapy working. Yeah, no, you know, that's with, right. with those free radicals. So now um, I'm looking at a study in evidence-based complementary and alternative medicine. Uh oh, there we go. <laughs> Doctor Scott's uh, attention. I got his attention with that. Hey, I where they were that. using nebulized glutathione, but I'm still not seeing good. I mean, a lot of this stuff is just. They're guessing at things, so I want to see double-blind, placebo-controlled data. I'm sorry, I'm 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 interested in things that have been used in rats and shown some benefit, mm-hmm. but uh, to take those straight to humans just because we think because it's a related amino acid that it's not going to be a problem, it bothers me. So yeah, Mick Mick um, Mick says that it's good for. For hangovers, really? <laughs> yeah. To, 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 okay. For, for liver well, to, liver toxins. Well, by God, let's look that up. Let's look. We'll up. have to. We'll have to. We'll have to. We're going check. to PubMed.gov, and I'm looking up glutathione. I'll have to try a, just a, a an N of one. I'll give it a shot. Hang on. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Effects of a preparation of combined glutathione enriched yeast and rice. Uh, embryo soybean extracts on ethanol hangover, okay? And this is in Journal of Medicinal Food in uh, 2009, and they said it suggested that this reduces blood concentrations of alcohol and acetaldehyde. Remember, acetaldehyde is one of those uh, products of uh, ethanol production or um, uh, metabolism that causes headache and just nasty side effects. Uh, not only by modulating alcohol uh, metabolizing enzymes, but also by exerting its antioxidant activity. There we go again. 
and uh, it should be a promising candidate for improvements in alcohol hangover. Of course, that was in 2009. I don't see anything since then, So, but that's interesting. Okay, so who said that? <laughs> uh, it's not Colin. It's Mick, Mick KM. Okay, well, I'm going to, you know, a bell. give yourself a bell for at least giving us something interesting to talk about. So leave us a note, Scott. We'll talk about this next time. Gotcha. See if there's anything interesting about glutathione. All right. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Here we go. Hey, Dr. Steve. Hey, man. Dr. Scott. Casey. Hey. What's up? Uh, hello. I was calling about last week's, or maybe it was this week's that I just listened to, about pooping in the bookstore. Yes. And I would just like to bring up the fact that. Okay, so we were talking about this uh, Mariko Aoki effect where people found an association between walking into a bookstore and needing to. Uh, move their bowels and I really wanted to go to books a million and just ask if if they've noticed that people make a beeline to the bathroom but I uh, I forgot to do that this week but when people go to purchase cocaine they always have to poop when they get it what and that was always tied back to people cutting cocaine with baby laxatives Hmm. Oh, I thought it was because they're scared shitless. So, I don't know. <laughs> when they're buying, when they're buying I it. I just thought that was interesting about the bookstore. Oh, that's interesting. I'm, I know that things, lots of things you can uh, cut heroin with, and I wasn't aware that they were doing that with cocaine, but if you're snorting it, I can't imagine that you're getting enough to give you a laxative effect. I do know when I was in Aruba, this friend I was with, this was in the 80s wanted to you know cop man and uh <laughs> so we we took a cab to some place and he asked the cab driver there's a place where he could buy something and um, <laughs> we went to i was so and and so they met these people and he got out of the car i was so terrified that the cab driver was gonna that you drive pooped. away you pooped yourself no, but i kept giving him money it was like here here's another five bucks here's another five bucks it was like i was at a strip club or something i just you know every minute i was giving oh him more gosh. money just to make him stay there because oh i was i was scared shitless but i didn't actually void my bowel so all right <laughs> Let's see. Um, okay. Oh, this is a good question here. Hi, Dr. Stev. Hello. This is Calvin from Hello, California. Calvin. Okay. So I have a normal, healthy body and normal, healthy skin. I don't have hydritis. No, I don't have eczema, anything like that. But when I play video games, sometimes when I'm concentrating really heavily, I start getting these itches like methamphetamine spiders all over my dermis. Yep. What's up with that? Yeah. Thank you so much. No, that's a well-known effect. He has excitatory histamine release. So we've talked about uh, people who go out into the sun and they will start sneezing and other people who will go into the cold and they'll get hives and some people will get histamine release when they get excited and when he's playing video games he's his adrenaline is pumping probably someone is calling him naughty Daddy. things yeah. yeah on the you know uh, over the uh, headset and he's getting excited and he's getting uh, histamine release it causes what we would say generalized pruritus which is just a fancy term for itching all over mm -hmm. and he may be getting hives too and just not noticing it because he's playing video games mm -hmm. so that's what that is excitatory histamine that's release. right Bingo. what do you think of that i like it all right good thank you i like it too 
What's up, Dr. Steve? Um, hey, this is a stupid question, but I feel like you're the no only such person thing. that could answer it um, straightforward. When a pilot is in, like, a fighter jet and they're going, like, fucking 30 Gs or whatever it is, I heard that their the blood, like, comes down, like, it goes down toward their legs, like, yes, it comes of out of their brain or head or whatever, and that's how they pass out. And I was just wondering if that's something that can be, like, you can train and get better at. Yes. That doesn't really make sense to me. Or people are just equipped better to handle it than others. Um, I was just kind of wondering if you could explain that whole thing. Thanks. Yeah. Now, anyone that has been a fighter pilot that's trained for this, I'm giving you a lay person's uh, viewpoint on this. So if you have expertise in this field, please call in mm -hmm. because I, we'd love to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. But um, they do do high G training. You can train for this and uh, they subject them to high levels of acceleration, usually using a centrifuge. Yep. So you've seen those things oh, yeah. spin oh, around. Yeah. And um, they design to uh, these trainings to uh, prevent G-induced loss of consciousness. And, uh, you, you know, if you take a 90-year-old person and put it in there, they might be able to withstand two Gs. Yeah. And, but a fighter pilot may be able to withstand, I don't know, I, I'm, I've heard four to six Gs and maybe more than that. So, um, you know, untrained individual can black out between, oh, between four and six Gs. And particularly if it's done suddenly, um, roller coasters are at most around three G's, but I know I've felt a little woozy when I've done, what is the one, Thunderhead at Dollywood. Mm -hmm. There's one turn on that. Oh, no, 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 that's not right. It's a Tennessee Tornado. There you go. When you do Tennessee Tornado, you do three <laughs> loops, and when you go up, you look to the left, and you see these three loops. It's like, oh, shit. So I have loop -de -loop -de -loop. to I have to do that, <laughs> and it's about three G's. And so uh, you get loss of consciousness at different levels depending on your body's ability to withstand that. Now, I do know that they can uh, uh, use suits that exert pressure to the bottom part of the body uh, under high Gs to allow people to withstand greater G-force because what happens is, he's right, uh, if the G-force is from the head to the toe, blood is going to rush out of the head and preferentially go to the legs and the feet and uh, d depriving the brain of blood is a bad thing, and you'll get tunnel vision first, and then you'll get loss of consciousness. Yeah, and you can see that tunnel vision coming. Just yeah, and that's right. And yeah. we're able to survive G-forces that are perpendicular to the spine. That's why we sit up. Mm -hmm. And uh, and when you um, anyway, so that's that's what I know. Constant fifteen Gs for a minute um, can cause. Um, death in somebody wow so a trained fit individual wearing a g-suit and uh, this i'm getting this statement i'm getting from wikipedia so uh, we'll do more um uh, more research on this but wearing a g-suit and they're trained and they're fit and they can sustain up to nine g's without loss of consciousness yeah. and they work on the, the breathing technique where oh, they yeah. tighten their abdomen they tighten all their their, their quads so that all the blood doesn't go down to their body sure 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 so and Hell, 
at my age, when I stand up, that's too many G-forces. You know, blood's <laughs> rushing out of my brain. Tacey's seen me just bend over, and I'm going, going to faint, going to faint, going to faint. And I oh. just bend over and put my head down, yep. and it gets better. But uh, basically, that is a different situation. That's where my uh, autonomic nervous system that controls blood flow by by contracting mm-hmm. uh, to increase resistance to flow, to pump blood up into the brain, uh, is not fast enough. So when I stand up, my sort of fluid level drops. And what's supposed to happen is immediately your blood vessels start to clamp down to, it, to increase um, resistance. If you increase resistance to flow, you're going to increase pressure if you have the same amount of flow. And that will increase the blood pressure into the brain. You'll get good blood flow. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're an old asshole, you st- like I am, you mm-hmm. stand up, you start walking, all of a sudden you realize very quickly Gravity that wins. it didn't work. <laughs> right. And so your blood vessels are just sitting there going, yeah. they're like balloons instead yeah. of vessels. Right. Now. And then now the blood is rushing out of your brain into yeah. the lower body and you start feeling if you ever see somebody do that, by the way, don't support them upright. Hmm. If they're going to faint, help them to uh, Go down, have not, a soft landing, not crack their cranium. protect their head and their neck. Yep. And then uh, if you need to, if you don't have a chair nearby that you can prop their feet up on, s- sit in front of them, you know, with their feet at your, in your chest, yeah. you know, on your chest yeah. and then put their feet on your shoulders. Yep. Yep. And if you do that, if you kneel in front of them and put your feet on their shoulders or just stand there and hold their feet up, the blood will rush back to their brain and they'll wake right up. But if you hold them up, blood will continue to rush out and they will have a thing called a pseudo seizure. Well, it look like they're seizing Mm -hmm. and they actually are kind of seizing because the body is really doesn't like that. Did you did you see a couple of years ago the Texas Motor Speedway where they do NASCAR? They tried doing uh, Formula One cars there and they were and they were doing testing. And they just started testing, and like they were all the, fainting. And the, well, the first guy went around and and just wrecked. ran off. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the next guy did the same thing. And they're like, "Whoa, something something bad's happening here!" And they were pulling so many G's going around that they were they, they didn't know they were going to have that many G's. Is that they were right? Going out and re- they wrecked as like two or three in a row, and they stopped it. They stopped it right then. So it's Formula One Formula on one. a NASCAR track right. oval. Yeah, it's next we got to look track. that up. Yeah, Texas. It was Texas Motor Speedway because it's, it's a huge, like two and a half mile track. I think. Or wow. Two track. So those wow. dudes are burning it around the corners there, and, and just start dumping. And you could calculate. I mean, that's a physics question for first year physics mm-hmm. you know given the slope of mm-hmm. the curve at what you know it, you could and it's a calculus problem mm-hmm. figure out where the um, what speed they would have to go to hit 9 G's mm-hmm. or what speed they would have to go to hit 6 G's or 4 yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. you know go way below that <laughs> and, uh, and make sure that they always stay below that so that would be really an interesting <laughs> calculus problem if anyone wants to calculate that for us I don't know what the slope is of that track it's not super high which is why they're reckoning it's not like Bristol where it's really pitched yeah. it's a little flatter so um, they had to really pull hard because really hard you, yeah. it, this is a, a, a simple calculus problem as well or a physics problem, um, they will cant certain roads at a, at an angle, and you can calculate that if you go the actual speed limit, let's say 45 miles, even if it's black ice, you will not skid 
either toward the uh, curve or away from the curve. You'll do a straight line around that curve. And that's why they do it that way. And they'll have these speed limits. And if you'll actually go the speed limit on curves like that, even if it's covered in ice and it's a frictionless uh, surface, you will not wreck. It's pretty interesting. That's cool. So you can design a curve on one of these things the same way so that you don't have to pull a bunch of G's because it's effortless to go around the curve. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I, 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 I was just I was corrected by John. He said it wasn't actually Formula One. It was CART, um, which is still, I think, they're open open wheels, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sorry we'll, about that, we'll look into that. Yeah, we're close. That's interesting. Yep. All right. Um, another question about premature Hey, Dr. Steve, ejaculation. it's John from Chicago. Hey, How John. are you all doing? Good, man. Awesome. How are you? That's great. Hope you're great. Hope your summer's starting off. Thank uh, you, sir. I listened to one of your last episodes on the uh, the podcast, and uh, they were talking about, uh, I think you were going over, um, you know, kind of like premature ejaculation or yep. erectile dysfunction. And one thing I've always thought or heard, you know, rumor mill, um, is that, you know, if you do, you know, try to treat erectile dysfunction with Viagra, I mean, maybe you're too young, or if you do it too often that you could form a dependency on it. And is that true? Is there any validity? Okay, we're running out of time, but I have not seen any studies for that. As a matter of fact, uh, most of the information that I've uh, uh, been made aware of, that there's no type of dependency on uh uh, PDE five inhibitors. I'm, I may say maybe so a mental, mentally right. Yeah, but not physically. So yeah. uh, those things are great if you don't need them, but you're having performance anxiety and you're having difficulty. We recommend having a Viagra in your back yep. pocket yep. so that you know that you'll be able to perform. Yep. And then most people don't have to perform. You remember that guy that we talked to that couldn't complete the transaction, and mm-hmm. we said, "Hey, was it psychological or not?" He wrote me back yeah, yeah. and he said, "Since we had that discussion on the air." It's, he hasn't had any problems. Awesome. So it, we had identified that as being a psychological right issue. Well, congratulations. So Scott's right. Uh, you can have psychological dependency on these things, but to my knowledge, there's no physical dependency. We don't recommend that you use it if you don't need it, because really you should be using medications for what they're indicated for. But, you know, that's a free country. So, All right, Dr. Scott, well, let's get out of here. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks always goes to Dr. Scott, Tacey, hopefully uh, Liam found his wallet. We can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Tepp, that Gould girl, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky, uh, Kim Chickens, uh, Amy from Kentucky, Chowdy1008, Howdy Gooplunk, Eric Nagel, Sean P., the uh, Port Charlotte Whore, the Saratoga Skank, the Florida Floozy, the St. Pete Barkeep Blower, the Dolly Museum Diddler, the Bolshoi Ballet Bimbo, Percy Dumb, Roland Campos, Sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, She Who Owns Pigs and Snakes, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Christopher Watkins, Double Steve Tucci, uh, the great Rob Bartlett, Adam Goldstein, Vicks Nether Fluids, Cardiff Electric, Casey's Wet T-Shirt, Carl's Talipe's Equinovaris, uh, Tucker Dixon, Producer Chris, Jenny Jingles, The Inimitable, Vincent Paulino, everybody. Eric Zane, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's daughter, Ron Bennington, and of course our dear departed friends. GVAC and Fez Watley, whose support never went unappreciated. And let's throw Barry the Blade in there as well. 
Um, rest in peace, my friends. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.